listening to The Slurmcast, a podcast for no reason. Today we will be discussing Futurama Season 3, Episode 9, The Cyber House Rules, with your hosts, Tommy Roulette. One time I did 100 jump ropes. Pete Woodward. That's me. And I'm Rick Horty. Joining us today is our special guest, Zachariah Durr. Thanks for being on the show. Hello, I'm here too. I never in a million years thought that you'd actually come on after I costed you at that Halloween party. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I didn't say I didn't think twice about it. I thought yeah. you were just going to be polite and leave it at that. No, no, no. Is that why I had to chase you down? No, we just, we have a spreadsheet mm-hmm. and your name has been on the spreadsheet since Halloween. Mm. And, um, we just, we'd have like weird scheduling things and we'd book stuff out and go, okay, we're going to do this block. And then I'd have to travel for work or something and get all jumbled up. Yeah. And then there's, uh, our dads kept dying. There was that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that's dads for you. It's extended <laughs> onto some of our guests too. Apparently there was someone else that we have coming up. who's like, well, my dad just died too. I'm like, it's not our fault. I did hear this podcast was cursed and I don't like my dad. I, I know. So those come worlds on, can really come God, together. Cross your fingers. <laughs> we can, I mean, if it doesn't work out that way, we have some people you can talk to. Okay. Um, if a listener, uh, for whatever reason, was somehow not at that Halloween party, and I know I'm probably only talking to one person. Right. Uh, you came up to me and you were like, hey, I do a thing. It's totally cool, totally cool. And here's that the thing. You sounds should like be on. Yeah. At that and then he started drinking. Night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd I'd actually been at a wedding with an open bar before we even got to the party, so Oof. it was a long day. Um, I stayed vertical for most of it, though. So yeah, I had that going for me. Um, Proud of you. You know what I I was thinking because I was listening back to a couple of the old episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't think we. Why um, <laughs> you beat me to it? I was bored. I know. I really don't care why. Uh, yeah. Um, have we gotten away from asking people what the relationship with Futurama is? Yes. Oh, uh, you want to go back into that? Oh, I if I can remember how to say words in my uh, uh, sleepy state. Um, so we've never met. We just met uh, a minute ago. Um, uh, are you Futurama, about to perform a you, magic trick? <laughs> what, what do you mean? <laughs> Sir, we've never met before. <laughs> is this a quarter in your ear? <laughs> um, as far as Futurama goes, are you like a crazy fanatic person about it? Have you seen a couple episodes? You've never seen it until now or in between somewhere or like... I watched Futurama whenever it was like originally broadcast. Oh, okay. Because I'm a combination old man and I also just thought it was... I thought it was really great off the off the bat. Do you remember where you were the first year it um, premiered? Mm, probably my parents' house because that's where I was living. I mean like in life like... Uh, so yeah, you were... Oh, you know, probably depressed. <laughs> <laughs> Might have been a dead dog involved <laughs> or something, but um, no. I mean, I I I really liked the. Show. I, I, I'm fishing for your age. I was a junior in high school. Oh, like that. Boy, I don't know. I mean, I'm 37, so you can okay. do whatever math so, you want. And I like wasn't a, held back. So, like a year or two older than me, or whatever. So okay, I'm 35. Okay, so. there we go. Was there any homeschooling involved? I was homeschooled up until uh, middle school. Oh dear. So. Yeah. You may not have been held back, but you really don't have the. You're our second homeschooled guest. Yeah, I mean, it was because uh, it was a comedy. I, I uh, had Tourette syndrome until I hit puberty because when you hit puberty, uh, Tourette's is a chemical imbalance in your brain, and it either gets way worse, and that's when you start screaming and, uh-huh. and flailing, or it balances out. No I, way. Yeah, and I was one of the lucky ones. That's the first time I, I've never heard that aspect of it before. Yeah, oh. that's, that's crazy. Yes, I mean. 
talking about some kind of sort of mental illness, but I I don't literally mean crazy crazy, just that that it works like that. I wonder if it's one of those things where uh, it would be called something different now because you don't really hear about Tourette's except as like a a, a joke, yeah, kind of. Uh, but in the eighties, it was a big rage to have right. Tourette's. Or just a good it's like cover. Cabbage Patch Kids, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Garbage Pail Kids, or Smurfs. Sure, all of it. Um, so okay, so despite that, then um, you still got exposure to things like Futurama, which is yeah. Well, both my parents are artists, and they're pretty laid back. So uh, yeah. So you watched it as it was on TV. Uh, is it something that you? have revisited since like in the DVDs or when they did the reruns. On. Oh, for sure. And the fact that it's on Netflix means that it's something that I can turn on and just blaze through episodes as I'm doing something else. Well, you're you're in good company. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have it in my mind's eye enough that I can, I can follow along pretty well. Ah. I, I watch one episode a week. <laughs> <laughs> the end. There's no, there's no time for anything else. I'm still trying to get through iron fist, which is killing me. It's, uh, just, just stop and read about it and then pay for the <laughs> defenders the, that come out. Yeah, that's probably what I'm going to have to do. Are you dedicated to making it through Iron Fist? People are, like, clenching their teeth to get through that show. And uh, they're like, boy, is it really worth it? To- uh, I'm like, I didn't mind. I mean, I... It- I didn't have a hard time getting through it. I, okay. Yeah. Boy, I, put that on the box. Yeah. I, I think. <laughs> I, I'm like two thirds of the way through. Uh-huh. So it's sort of like maybe it will not be as bad as it's made out to be. But then we just started watching Legion, which is yes. uh, is way more intense, I think. I, I uh, um, have like a, a emotional attachment to that show. Like I, I it, He reminds me a lot of you. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. No. With with the voices in your head and the outbursts of rage and whatnot. Um, that was me before puberty. <laughs> you, now, that being said, you know what Legion doesn't have? What's that? A Jumbotron cartoon. That is the one criticism I've heard leveled towards that show. No, that, that Noah Hawley guy just does not like his public domain stuff. Unlike um, Fargo, which the whole thing was just Jumbotron cartoons. Basically, with the Minnesota <laughs> accents and everything. It's So this week's was like jungle hijinks or something? It was called Congo Jazz, and it was our buddy. So that does... It, with Bosco. That's a Bosco. Bosco. That's a Bosco joint. I, Doing the most, like, the laziest silent movie cartoon thing you can do, which is playing a cat like an instrument. Every other silent movie cartoon is like, pull the tail. And, yeah. the and then it's like, just like meow, screeching meow. and yes, stuff? Yes, yeah. It's Bosco abusing an animal. <laughs> so he's a racist and, a, and yeah. an animal abuser. Yeah. Um, Casual Morbo at the beginning, that that was the first time I've thought of him beyond, I, like I never even considered him outside of being a newscaster, but he's in that sort of morning show casual thing with the pajamas on. And Good morning, Earth. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. So is his angry human-destroying persona just an act? Oh, like Alex Jones? Yeah. Like, is that, like, I never even considered that before. We just said, oh, and then we took the kids to da 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 And then he, uh, maybe, oh. Maybe he has Tourette's. <laughs> no, because it's always very focused, you know, kill all stupid humans, blah, blah, blah. And in this, it was just like, oh, wait, now the camera's on. That wasn't a clip. Pete did that impersonation flawlessly. <laughs> it's just the tacos I had for dinner coming back. No, he's been, there's been other times where he's been, like, just cordial. Is that later on? Because I don't think I've seen him yet. I don't know. I can't think. He's pretty dismissive of humans Orgy, in general. Do you know what is Morbo? Has have we seen when Morbo is just like normal or like not? I, I, I you can't remember because no. oh, I was you know yeah. usually you, 
defer to you for <laughs> that kind of stuff. I uh, I feel like don't we? He's just always on TV, right? I, we. Yeah, well, he was still on TV. Is he, is he ever? Is are there any moments where he's uh like he in was a crowd? at uh, he was at the Oscars? Okay, all right. When uh, was, was he that presenting? Just, no, he was just in the audience. Okay, with um, I can't think of a shoot. time where Morbo's ever been like outside of that, you know, and just been uh, uh like a somewhere like having a conversation with one of the other characters or you know. Part no, of he really exists like in the joke that he goes from quadrant one to four. He goes just, from ba- straight talking to screaming. Uh, it's kind of his one dimension. Yeah. We never get like a real backstory to him or anything just else. Throughout the course of the series, he's he's just that. He's pretty constant. Finding out that his um, children are belligerent and numer- numerous is like the closest you get to uh, right. any kind uh, of backstory. That sounds exhausting. Belligerent and numerous children. Just numerous children sounds exhausting. I don't I don't think I could deal with that. Um if I did have to deal with another child, I would hope it's a doorbell baby though. Have you ever come across one of those in real life? Any of us? No. Yeah. You're supposed to drop them off at fire stations. I know. We I should have asked our firefighter friends and family if they've ever had or a doorbell baby baby. Are those do those even exist anymore? Yeah, the a cloister? Um, sure. I uh, there's a couple in Clay. There's one in Gordon Square. Is there? There's a nunnery. Yep. Are it's... they haunted or something? Cause... Yeah, they're all haunted. They're ghosts. No. But there's, <laughs> well, like, there's one on Rocky River Drive. St. Joe's. Yeah, across from St. Joe's. Well, there's, yeah. yeah, there's the nun house there, and then they got the ladies of Poor Claire or whatever it's called. There. I think the trend street. now is just leave it in a gas station bathroom, right? Yeah. Or, then... or prom. Oh, yeah, only oh, if it's right. prom. And then otherwise, it's the firehouse, but then you have to worry about the Dalmatians eating it. But if you're going to leave it at the firehouse, maybe that's not really a concern, right? Well, why the firehouse? What are the firemen supposed to do with it? I think... Oh, you know, they love kids. Well, <laughs> I think they have ready access to emergency health equipment and ambulances. Let me back up again. Where did firehouse come from? I've never seen... I've seen nunnery. I've seen, like, you leave it at the steps of the church or you throw your... your infant in the reeds and you send it to Pharaoh's <laughs> right. daughter. Yeah. Uh, I've never seen a... what movie or show has somebody dropping off a kid at a firehouse. It's think, real. Yeah, right. I think that's what you're supposed oh, to do. Real. But yes. I saw it on Rescue Me once. Why would you not do it at a hospital? It's like a newer thing. What? Like, oh, yeah. Because uh, at the, tweet, hosp- at the hospital, they want your insurance information before yeah, they Yeah, it's like no no questions asked type thing. You can... you can. Oh, you're physically giving it to a person. You're no, not... You I can mean, just, ask it on you the door. sneak into the truck and pull the horn. <laughs> Which wakes the baby up, and the baby starts crying, and then everybody comes and you. Make you know, and you can do that at a hospital. To be honest, I've never dropped a baby off at a firehouse, so I don't know how it goes. I think you get a receipt, maybe. Well, you need one for your taxes, right? I mean, because they won't they won't mark it down. It's like a two hundred dollar. That's actually the right um, off all that uh, cost of medical being pregnant. The backstory of Dennis Leary's character on Rescue Me. He he was a firehouse he was, he baby. Was, yeah. No, I think they. No, I, I think there actually <laughs> was a firehouse doorbell baby on that show at one point. There was, I mean, huh. basically everything that happened on that show after the first season and a half was preposterous to begin with. So yeah, it could they ran be out anything. of real ideas fast. Okay. From what I hear, I've never yeah. seen that show. I like the theme song a lot. Is he a mad character on that, or is he a really even keel guy, <laughs> Dennis Leary? He does like a really good Bill Hicks impression. Sure, sure. You know, how does he feel about smoking? Uh, he he tries to quit eventually oh, as it sure. goes on. He's trying to set a good example for his kids. Hey, mm-hmm. where has he been? Producing shows like Marin on okay. IMC. Fair you know, enough. A number of other ones. 
he got into that um that producer racket like yeah. Fonzie yeah. and Bill Cosby did. That's where the real money is. And he does a uh, voiceover, which I can't imagine how easy that Ice Age money oh, yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. Really? I say there's like five Ice Age movies. Yeah, now. I yeah. think he does that Sabretooth Tiger. That's just you do that from bed. Are they all legit Ice Age movies? Are like I I just I feel like every to, time um, one of them comes out. I only saw the first one or two, but every time they come out, it's like a big deal. But I, I'm wondering if like because I know they do this in other things. Like when Disney does the Aladdin sequel, mm-hmm. it's soundalikes. And I just listened to this interview with Phil Lamar where he's doing um, Chris Rock voices from characters that he came up with and other things. I, so I, I just don't know where the, where the line gets drawn between like, these are the official Ice Age canon. And then here's sort of the I, straight to cable. I feel like the trifecta of Leguizamo, Leary, and Romano are pretty easy gets still. I don't think they're like running around filming movies. No, I think they're just lazy and rich. So unless they're going to pay them a lot. I mean, like, like I'd love to have whatever lifestyle those guys are living. Um, Dennis Leary did that show. Uh, it was about an aging rock star or something last year too. It oh, lasted a yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm not familiar uh, with it. Yeah, nobody was, which is why it's not on anymore. Um, I, I, I <laughs> some of the stuff that came in here when they went to um, Five Ice Ages, Ray Romano, John Leguizamo, Dennis Leary, and Chris Wedge have been in. All, All five of them. Of them. Seriously. Yeah. Yep. Um, that baby, though, uh, is one of my favorite Bender lines, which is he's stomping the baby basket. He says, <laughs> stop, it's a baby. And he keeps stomping and says, a baby what? Yeah. <laughs> that which was, is a great line. Yeah, just that whole thing. It was a really great fake out where it just had the orphan, uh, the orphanarium invitation for the reunion. And then it was like a self-destructing At, uh, basket. Cookieville minimum... Uh, or minimum security orphan orphanarium. Yeah, these these. I mean, a, a good chunk of this. I I guess I'd say almost all of it. With um, you know, the world building on Leela's history. Yeah, I really liked. Although um, we'll get to that stuff later. Mm-hmm. I have some criticisms, of course, about <laughs> just stuff. I don't want to tip my hat okay. just yet. Um. The uh, the fact that she got picked on by the blind kid. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great and like it, it just so mean like you'd figure i i don't know i've never spent time in like an orphanage or a juvenile home i imagine those kids are just as cruel as kids elsewhere maybe more so without like the theoretically loving guidance of a parent who cares but um it seemed like a pretty rough place in general and that the kids were just horrid to each other I mean, it was only minimum security, though. What do you think maximum security orphanarium is? More like the BFG. Big Friendly Giant? Yeah, the, the girl in that was in a maximum security Oh, yeah, that's right. He had to steal her through the window with his... Uh, right, right. What was Matilda in? Just a school? That was just a school, right? I think she was just... Uh, I think she was just precocious in a school. Yeah. She's like a, a girl Bart Simpson. Okay. <laughs> I mean, without the skateboard, but she had. But she had magical and powers, magic. right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, so does he. He has an age. one with Danny DeVito. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. that's the movie. Yes. Okay. I think it, you could say that about. And Rhea so Perlman many is also in that. Is she? Uh, yeah. He. They play uh, 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 Matilda's parents in it. Oh. I, that's 
her real parents or like her adoptive evil parents? Uh, the evil parents, I believe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know the the evil ones that she lives with. Would you have a hard? Well, I, I'm asking this theoretically. I haven't seen it, but did you have a hard time believing that they were evil? Because I mean, yes, they're kind of troll-like, I but don't they're remember. also. We talking I about just, Matilda, the the, the Devito Perlman couple. Mm. Like I just. We talked about this once on a, on another episode of our show where like when they split up for a while, it was devastating because if any Hollywood couple, like forget Brad and Angelina, forget um, those English uh, Prince people or whatever, you know, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman are just like the definition of true love. Like it's just like two short, weird looking, funny people found each other. And then got married and stayed that way for like 40 years. Right. And had like, you know, cute children and everything who go to Oberlin apparently. Like people have caught them having dinner at, you know, West 25th and stuff over the years. But what a um, scoop. Yeah. You know, at some point in the last 10 to 15 years with one of their adult children. So what's the question? Is it harder to watch something like that? And go, those, they aren't mean and bad. I think it's also harder because you're talking about all those other couples, which are are, are people who it's, it's this is no slight to any of the beautiful men in this room, including myself. But uh, all those other couples are untouchably beautiful, rich people um, who have this certain air about them where everything seems kind of fake and larger than life. Yeah, Davido and, and Perlman are us, right? Like they are people at our level. They're funny. They seem very relatable. So when you see them break up, it's it's like watching uh, Friends. Break up. Oh like, yeah. Oh, they they seem like somebody I would actually yeah. hang out with or could hang out with. Yeah, I get. I, yeah, I just I I I have a hard time suspending disbelief with them. They're 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 Hollywood's real power couple. But I'll I'll leave it at that. R.I.P. Um, to the marriage. So we were. <sighs> I thought they got back together. They did. They did. And oh, they did. Yes. Oh. Yeah, they they weren't even like so separated for like a year. It was, and that was like the Cinderella story of the whole thing. Oh, I sorry, I left that button off. Yeah. I thought that was just. So you're not sad anymore? No, well, no. Not, Pete not was about on a, that. Pete was on a bridge when he got the text from me that they were back together. <laughs> was, that was, story has a happy ending. That that and Phil Hartman, and I was, oh, I was despondent. Sure, I know those were like 15 years apart, but that that decade and a half was pretty rough in general. Um, Did Hartman die in the middle of Futurama's initial series? I no, cannot no, remember. No, like right before it uh, came out. Yeah, right? I think a year before. I think. Oh, okay. I think in 98, I think he died maybe. In 98, 99. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. So all, wait, really? Yeah, he was all, never on yeah, it. Yeah, never, he was never Zap Brannigan. He was but definitely Zap Brannigan supposed to be, was, for sure. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I thought he did a guest voice at some point, but I guess not. Nope, never. Wow. That's terrible. Yeah, that's I, uh, uh, Philip J. Fry is named after Phil it, Hartman. It feels like like a a shitty, um, a, a, you know, dark timeline where like yeah, like we all have we're like, like this, Donald Trump becomes yeah, the president, but um, we all have this like we're on the twins in the back war. of our subconscious that that's like no, I, I I know there's a Futurama where where Phil Hartman was on it, and right. then he went on to be a character actor in all these other awesome movies, and they like he 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 did more like bad like Christmas family movies but then he was in some like really good ones and then it doesn't and then when, when, when the, in, the golden age of television came out and uh you know with the, all the bazillion awesome streaming shows 
like he got the lead on something and it turned out to be like uh, his baskets or whatever. Just the like, mm. fucking awesome. You I, know, that's where he was oh headed. Oh my that's God. Where he wound up. Sure. I, yeah. I could go or on about selling that baskets on the side of the road <laughs> or that selling. Would, babies no, that wouldn't happen. He was t- he had that Midwestern it. work ethic. Like he was really, he, Oh my God. Is that the damn cat? Bosco's torturing. Your oh, cat. Good. <laughs> good. They deserve it. So keep, keep going. Bosco. Chief, um, Chief Wahoo has turned that cat into a drum. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna wear the cat tail instead of a feather. Um, I, I just there was like this this really good run where they get to the the reunion at the orphanarium where it's just like the stuff was coming really really fast. There's a good joke density. I like before when uh, they were talking about going there and one of the best fry lines in the episode was uh was, wait, wait till they see wait uh, uh wait yeah. till see the look at that ah. <laughs> Give me a second. <laughs> Don't Do you that. see the looks on their faces when you show up with two friends who eat all the orders? <laughs> yeah. well, there was that, and then uh, please abandon your coats in the lobby, <laughs> which they just like. I they're so there's so cavalier about the fact that the children in the orphanage are, or the orphanarium are really, um, you know, not wanted. But then the hors d'oeuvres of gristle in a blanket and and the popsicle sticks that have the flavors soaked mm-hmm. into them. It was all so friggin' bleak. Um, but the, 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 like the, the clearly homeless and down on their luck uh, uh, returning, what is it? It's not really alumni, former inmates, whatever, are like talking about the, their situation. He's like, living in a box fights the shakes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I forgot other, to write any of those then, down. Yeah, uh, the other one was like, selling, uh, selling, selling stuff whatever that falls, falls out off, of like kidneys and teeth. <laughs> Yeah, you know, whatever falls out of me. And then they still were shitty to Leela, who's an accomplished space captain. Has anyone in here ever had those moments where um, if, if you're looked at, looked down on by some group and... Uh, I think the cat's in the wall. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to um, let it outside so the coyotes can get it if we don't take it. They caught of it. I would, I would not be surprised. They caught one of them. Pete walled up one if of they the claimed cats. they caught the coyote. There was three at least. Oh. They're pack animals. So they got the Facebook killer. Mm-hmm. They got the first coyote. Well, they didn't really get him. That's true. The coyote? The media killed him. <laughs> oh. What were you doing today, Zachariah? Oh. <laughs> this will put a real time stamp on it if I get into it. Yeah, we, yeah, we don't need to worry about that. You just look for the byline. Investigate somewhere. President broke, Lincoln's assassination. <laughs> How about that for time dating it? <laughs> Is uh, so the guy? I can't even remember his damn name. Um, Adelaide Atkins. A- Adelaide Atkins. Yeah, it's a great fictitious. Name. Yeah, it I really, was looking up to see if it was named after anybody mm-hmm. named Adel. He's not, as oh, far as I can. Tell. I didn't even think of that, but that does sound like something that that would be. It seemed like, uh, and it's a great name for his his personality. Well, because he's too. so white bread, middle yeah. of the road, everything. Uh, he um he was a great analog on Futurama for Langston Elger on uh, The Simpsons when Lisa had the crush. On him, and they, they couldn't like nobody even understood his name. Who? Or, what? It's from a. It's an old Simpsons thing where Lisa was like talking about her crush, not the Corys, but there was a boy at school that she was all hung up on named Langston Alger. 
Yeah. Oh man. Who was probably I don't I don't probably drawn from the same character model. Homer asked him this guy asked her about it. Yeah. And she told him they were hanging out at the nuclear power plant. Right? So we'll just piece this all together. Uh, yeah, because uh, it was father or uh, bring your kid to work day. Yeah. And Bart stayed home with Marge. Uh-huh. And then Lisa I went that with, episode, yeah. And they were talking and oh, about and Crush they, and, and she he, didn't want to say it. Okay, all right. And yeah. Do you notice how um, whenever I was, I'm always kind of wondering how they decide how to draw the characters. And I think I figured it out, which is if it's a goofy character, they get the typical Matt Groening round eyes. Mm-hmm. If it's an attractive character, they get the elongated eyes, which is... Like the almond shape, yes, sort of... Yes, like the almond shape, which is what uh, Leela gets when she gets her eye surgery. Oh, yeah. That's what Adelaide has. And, yeah. and Adelaide has eyebrows, and not very many characters on the show have eyebrows. Yeah. Really? I always notice it on right. um, in heads and jars, like certain ones do and certain ones don't. I forget who it was that it was... That one of the first but few episodes. This we, one has so many more eagles. <laughs> Does uh, was that the case with? Oh damn it! Um, Angeline I, from Bendless Love. Were her eyes? Normally, all the women who are supposed to be beautiful have elongated eyes, except Leela. Except Leela. But when she gets two eyes, she does. She does. And I mean, her her one eye is not a perfect circle. And it's made out it of is paraffin. It is an egg. That's true. <laughs> yes. It's from her foot. <laughs> it was, that was a whole, like, if you had a wax eye, mm-hmm. that, that would have all kinds of weird implications, wouldn't it? I'm sorry. If you <laughs> cannot hear this listener, there is a cat meowing. And it sounds like it's inside my bottle. I can't tell where it's coming from except for everywhere. It's, it's in the kitchen. Oh. And because the kitchen goes down to the basement where they shit and they eat. Yeah. And uh, oh, that's how I'm like cats. That's where they're the worst. And Pete's that cat one, died 12 years ago. It's, though, no, okay. Tonight. Number one, number one, it's not my cat. I take no claim of ownership over these animals, they belong to my wife. And they happen to live under the same roof, and I provide for them by proxy, but it's under duress. Mm. The uh, the one that's making the noise, I think, you know, t- uh, touching back on your childhood, I think she might have a form of cat Tourette's, to be honest, because she just does that for no apparent reason. There she is. Look, hi, dummy. Hey, she gets. <laughs> there she goes. Maybe sometimes she forgets where everyone is, and she's calling to them. No, she knows we're here. She's just being a pain. She thinks there's tuna fish in the cabinet, and there isn't. One of my Are, cats, pretty consistently at like 5 o'clock in the morning, just walks around meowing in my house. That's the worst. Spike. Oh, yeah. Oh. And he's been doing that for years. We pr- I probably just bought us about 10 minutes by acknowledging her, so we can, we can take advantage of it. It's fine. I mean, the, you know, it's well, like... Uh, now we have to pay her. You're going to have to find that frequency and just notch it out. Can you take care of that, Tom? No, I'm going to amplify it. Or, or just this is good stuff. Phase it. Zachary, do you have any cats to talk about? Uh, I don't have any right now, no. But I am in a group of uh, people called Cat Boys. It's myself, Jim Tews, and Mike Polk Jr. I'll go on stage and do cat-related comedy. Is that real? Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, have you? How many times have you guys done that? Is that like a... Uh, we have done three shows, and we are shooting a pilot in the <laughs> summer. That's a true story. Wow. Yep. I'm, I, I, I'm like, I'm in awe. I, I'm equally in awe and excited where I'm like in disbelief right now, but I'm really like happy to hear it's gonna about It's going to be like this. workaholics for cats. 
I don't know. Uh, uh, That's how we're pitching it. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't. I don't know if I've ever even seen you advertise that show. Have you just done those here or elsewhere? We did two here, one in California. Okay. Huh. And one in New York. Uh, for I forget about how regional. I mean, our uh, more of our audience doesn't live in Cleveland than does. So mm. just as an as an aside plug. Yeah, if you have anything local to plug, um, the twenty Clevelanders that Jim, listen to us. Are... Jim Twos and Mike Polk are both comedians. Um, <laughs> Jim got started in Cleveland, lives in New York now, and published in uh, Felines of New York and manages that website slash blog. Uh, Mike Polk is another very funny comedian who's still in Cleveland. Um, but his what's his cat's name? Um, Mc, McDuff. Uh, that's it. Yes. Yes. Frequent frequent contributor to his uh, videos and comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Zachariah it does all other kinds of funny things too, not just stand up. Uh, if you want a cat, we can talk after the show. Yeah, well, I, I have a couple. Tom, Tom's been leaving all his cats at firehouses. I'll just I'll pitch it that you're going to be the, the agent for the cat, and then you'll be able to take it and do whatever you want with oh, it. You could sell it to right. Chief Wahoo. Sure. Uh, Bosco. I mean, mm-hmm. that you, oh, you could have Bosco as a musical guest on your show. <laughs> that would be great. He's a hard get. I know, but you if you worked it out with... If you use CGI animals, would it really be animal abuse? You could do like kind of a gorillas thing, but instead of I feel like PETA uh, would still think it's animal abuse. They don't have any sense of humor though. I just hate how Bosco um tunes his cat's alternate tunings in between every song. Like I feel like he's showing off. <laughs> he uses that four hundred thirty two hertz because it's the resonant frequency of the universe instead of the accepted four forty A standard. God, I'm I way was just too about tired to say that. that. <laughs> It's uh, it gets a little weird in here on Tuesday nights sometimes. Um, I you know this was such a throwaway thing. Um, but that Leela got two eyes in this episode. No, no, just oh a my God, we're passing so, thing. Yeah, we're, we're I mean I haven't even gotten to that part of my notes. Are we to minute two of there, the show? There was um, there was a line, and I think Adelaide says it where he goes, "A package is just a box until it's delivered," and I have such a. Uh, I actually used to get made fun of at a job I had in college because I lived upstairs from this deli and I worked at the deli. And so my mailbox would be there, but I was like, basically what happened was I was waiting for a very large check to come in at one point, like several thousand dollars. And does that count as a humble brag? No, 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 because it (laughs) several thousand wing wings. This is, this is, I don't know, 20 years ago. And I would, rather than going downstairs, as he was there, I'd call money? down. It was 90s money, yeah. which was stronger than 80s money. And, <laughs> and didn't have as much cocaine on it. And, and apathetic. <laughs> but I'd call down and be like, hey, did the mail come in? So people thought that I was like obsessed with the mail. And I wasn't obsessed with the mail at that point. Now it's just a nice like little exclamation point on my day. So I really enjoy it when packages get delivered and whatever. Um, and so that line really kind of struck a chord with me. But the other thing that happened at the the reunion, and it was it's such a dumb throwaway thing, but with Bender double fisting the drinks, where the the bartender was just like pouring it and then he'd drink it and pour the other one, and it was just like like a it was almost like a Bosco cartoon because it was so primitive in the mechanics of what was happening that I really enjoyed that. And then when he he did his spit take and did two of them because he had the drink still coming in, it was all just really well done. I. In that little segment. I just like how sincere Adelaide is. Like, there's no, you know, you, you, like, 
I like that he's you, you feel like he's really like that. And then when you find out later that um he's not the greatest guy, he's still it's not like he's a dick. He's just you know, consistent. people are like that. Yeah. I mean like uh he Yeah, exactly. He's consistent in 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 being like as uh uh milk toast as he can be. And so when there's things that don't fall into that, you know He's middle of the road. Mike Pence. He's average. He's not in every way. He's not gussied up, dude. He'd it be out, perfectly happy. He'd be perfectly happy to electrocute you if he thought it would make you normal, which is effectively what he does with Leela. Yeah, it's awful. It's that, it's that just well, middle of the road lack of tolerance for outliers that makes this country not great. Yeah, actually, uh, now I feel really bad about kind of liking him. Yeah. So, you have what bad, does that say about me? <laughs> your opinions are bad, and you should feel bad. That's what that <laughs> says about you. Um, uh, I, way ahead of you. The, but the, <laughs> the, there was there was one other line where the director of the orphanarium was talking. The warden. The warden, and he was trying to get. I, for, it was it was Fry. <laughs> He's like, it's a great way to have a child without having sex. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Fry's face, and he as he takes his next bite, like that. Yeah, it, uh, there's certain animation things uh, that is, the, the Futurama and The Simpsons nail it all the time. Where it just the stillness of it, just you know, being a cartoon, wouldn't work uh, in live action, you know, and it's just perfect little moments like that. The animation really does like elevate. It doesn't just happen to be animated. It re- like everything really works together on those two shows. Yeah, like the animation of Futurama is really, I think, underrated. It's usually it's it's really well timed, but it's also really beautiful. Like the color palette on the show yeah. looks great. Yeah. The design of the characters is even solid. It's won uh, Emmys for I, uh, for color. Right? I color. think this yeah. episode even had like uh, a three D establishing shot on the planet express office at one point. Mm. And those, those are all like, there's usually at least one in an episode where it's like this particular frame is head and shoulders above everything else going on it. And not having gotten to the end of the series yet, I'm wondering if there's a point where that kind of saturation increases or do they really, do they always kind of stick to that where it's like, here's all the standard stuff and then here's the high end animation slipped in or does it, does the quality as a of a whole, it, it eventually goes to high definition. All of it? Yeah. After after it gets canceled, the when the movies come out, it's high definition. Hmm. And then from then out, it's all high definition. It looks different than what it does Interesting. currently. I'll Still cool. That. They do a lot more cool stuff. I think there's I can think of a few episodes that they actually uh it's like one of the later seasons and they what happens is uh um Go into a, like a 2D world or something from 3D world. Oh, and really? It, yeah, it's kind of neat because it's 2D, but it's these 2D characters in a 2D dimension, which is almost like where they can't pass each other because it's just two dimension 2D. and like. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's called 2D Blacktop. It's like I think maybe the last or second to last season. So like when the Simpsons did a Treehouse of Horror that wound up going 3D, mm-hmm. right? That kind of thing. Interesting. Which, speaking of, I think is a reason why Futurama didn't do well initially because they were so hyping it as a thing that Matt Groening did, and the character design was so similar. And ninety, you know, nineteen ninety nine Simpsons was still a pretty hot property. Yeah, in terms for of sure. It was like still on a roll from God. So 
it was definitely it, marketed wrong. We've talked about oh, that yeah, on this it was podcast before. That to like, suffer. it it was like marketed to be like, hey, you love Simpsons, watch this, and right, it, that wasn't necessarily. Which I mean, what are you going to do when you're a network? I mean, it's a new show, and you <laughs> have that to fall well, back what, on. Like, when you're a network and you're Fox, I mean, they did the same thing with Family Guy in America. It was like, if you like the Simpsons, you'll like this, and I don't know. I never, ever, ever got Family Guy. Like I, I get it. It right. just didn't, I didn't enjoy it. I just mean, I think the character design was maybe so similar to, I mean, it has his eyes, like, mm-hmm. that it may have been an additional thing that threw people. Because, like, King of the Hill definitely has a different feel. Oh, for sure. Because it's drawn so differently. Yeah. Even Family Guy, I mean, Family Guy is an ugly cartoon. Yeah. Even if you yeah. like it, you have to admit, <laughs> that is an ugly fucking cartoon. And it, but it fits the tonage yeah. of what they're yeah. doing. Yeah, that makes sense. I never thought, about sticking candy to my ass as an effective way to corral children. But after seeing that and having Fry ass Bender, if that's what his situation was, it actually seems really effective. Like at birthday parties and things. Because my daughter's still Ariel young Castro. enough. Well, no, no. I just mean more like trying to like, like if you have a birthday party for say kids under 10, it's a, nightmare i mean it's really it's just like and then you start pumping sugar into it it just gets crazy so like if you had like a you know a basket of candy or something attached to your ass maybe by your belt or something you know like like if you if you taped a a, a easter basket to your back and attached it to your belt it would be a good way to kind of get everybody just like okay now we're all going to go over here but as it turns out bender didn't have candy stuck to his ass he just adopted a bunch of kids in a money-making scheme which was a terrible idea. Um, so was that lead way into that whole thing? Yeah. I don't know if you guys know this. I mean, they kind of hint at it. Kids are fucking expensive. Just the, the money you will spend on a child, just providing the bare nope. minimum, the bare minimum required by law. It's, it's enough to break most people. Nope. That's why I have three cats and a dog. That's... Well, it's because you, you don't get in trouble if you don't take them to the doctor. I mean, it's still irresponsible and shitty, but nobody's going to really knock down your door unless they, you know, they're horribly malnourished. Or something. I taught each one of them to take care of each other. Is it too late to take BB to a firehouse? <laughs> yeah, because she'd follow me home. And, I, I, and to be fair, I only want to do that 10 to 15% of the time. The rest of it, she's pretty great, but that other 10, 10 to 15% is... It's fucking brutal, man. Kids can be uh, exhausting, nope, as well as expensive. Just, just so you know. What what I mean by nope is uh, no, uh, no thanks. The the noise that the professor made when he was talking about morons gaping <gasps> at Leah, yeah, it was so good. He's he's uh, as as troubling as he can be. I really like how he punctuates things between him and Zoidberg. It gets very good. That's the thing about having a ensemble cast like this, where you can have the focus on one, two, or three characters, and there's so many episodes that are the three main characters, and then you get what you know. There's episodes where they you don't see the secondary characters at all, but uh, it, it, especially early on. But now they're fig- I think they figured out like, oh, if if we're gonna have a story that isn't a big ensemble one, like say. Uh, um, the, the, the one where they go into Fry's uh, body, why, why, uh, Parasite's Lost. Parasite's Lost. Um, I, they, I think they figured out it helps to have little moments here and there like this where in the middle of it kind of like 
into like a segue to like you know the rest of the story to to like oh here's Amy she's gonna fall and here's and she's gonna have cuteness reduction go, I'm a poor doctor or whatever and you know they like, literally that's... point that all out in this episode of each character. What do you mean? When Fry's at the they're at dinner and he's saying about oh, being normal. Yeah, dude. He and he just says, points yeah. out all of what you just said. <laughs> your catchphrase. <laughs> Given the opportunity, would you have an ink sack installed in your body? Sure. Hey, is it free? Uh yeah. After health insurance, insurance covers, covers it. 80%. As yeah. long as you've met your deductible. Yeah. Hmm. So let's say, let's say There's a thing, you get to do it once. Well, not necessarily. Then you I can mean, go back what, for injections. Uh, your no, body doesn't I, produce ink. Hmm. Maybe they they uh, part of that pouch. They also uh, put like in a some kind of gland. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's that that's the scenario we're thrown out. Is that like it converts you, bile to ink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I don't know. I'd go through too many clothes. So it's right on your. Butt. I can't afford to. You think on your butt? I don't know. Zoidberg's it was like under kind his of his armpit. armpit. We just we just saw that in an episode a couple weeks yeah, ago. Doesn't he dip a pen? Oh yeah, that's he, right. He fills it up, and then his uncle does the same thing. Right. Um, and then he he has enough ink in there to just spray the shit out of the professor, too. I you know I, it's an interesting defense mechanism. It really you only see it for the most part in undersea animals. I don't know. I think I'd I'd opt in for the ink sack, but I'd want to make sure I had some good uses for it. Because I, I mean, oh shit. What if you had an ink sac installed or grafted onto you and then used it to generate ink that you sold at handmade markets and whatnot as artisanal? I was actually going to say, boy, that's a real craft yeah, thing. You know, or, and so not only, not only could you be a supplier with your special inks and then you could maybe like mix in, you know, if like you eat a lot of pineapple or something, it would smell sweeter. Then you'd be bought out better. by like PaperMate or Sharpie or something, and then and they'd, they'd strap you to a machine. They, no, they would just synthesize it. They would figure out the molecular composition of it, and then they'd mm. be like, "Oh, here it is." You or know, strap you to a machine, it, and and like a like they do for dairy and, cows, and they, massaged my gland until it secreted ink. Go on. You wouldn't where's be the, able where's to leave. the downside? You wouldn't be able to leave. What would, would I just be able to kind of? Sit around and watch Netflix as no. my glands are massaged. You're in a building in a harness where there's just a needle constantly removing all the ink from uh, your you're glands. You're talking about a Saturday night around here, Tom. Um, what what's the downside? I guess there isn't a downside. Okay, that's what I would. That's what I thought. I don't think I would do it for defense, but I would absolutely do that instead of ejaculating after sex. Just ink, ink shoots out of my armpits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good out of, out of your armpits that's even better uh, <laughs> not out of my dick that's gross <laughs> raise your arms yeah. and go oh you'd go through so many sheets well I that and then it. just the whole like you know my, who has to sleep on the the wet side you know just like and you get ink on both you sides too, like, baby <laughs> i got two pits do you, <laughs> do you think that the ink permanently stains. I hope so. I want my bed to look like a Jackson Pollock painting <laughs> or Rorschach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. What and do then you, you see could now you could have a whole art show where it's just a yeah. Rorschach paintings of you <laughs> orgasming. Yeah. Well, I, I now I know um, you're you're well versed in the arts of stagecraft. Mm. Could you rig up some sort of contraption that? Simulated having ink ejaculations come from your armpits. That would simulate and then, the ejaculation? Well, you know, like rig up a rig 
to spray ink out of your armpits and then do that to a bunch of canvases and do an art show. Like, could I be, could I create a rig to do that? Like a Spider-Man turn off the dark type of thing? Yeah, I I think that production's probably going under. I could just buy their harness for Spider-Man. See, there's a lot of ideas here. You need to You could do the David Letterman, jump on the wall and stick to it and then just shoot that out. the Velcro suit? Yeah, sure. And then then peel off of it and then there'd be like your silhouette and then just ink everywhere. Yeah. I, I, it's almost like a Keith Haring thing. That's what I think that would end up looking like. Who? Oh, the little dancing guys. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you know how I like to um, remark about how Fry is so dumb? I do that frequently on here. I just call attention to it. Mm-hmm. It's really obvious and mm-hmm. kind of I belabor the point. The show does fault. it too. Yeah, but I like I just say it almost in every episode. There's been a string where there hasn't been any, but I didn't say that in this one. I did say Adley Adkins is so boring. Like, I just... He has a gray Hawaiian shirt. Which he had toned down by his tailor. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if... It's a good tailor. Do you... I mean, do you think that's what Leela craves? Is it just that he was interested her in her enough, or is it just that she had the crush on him as a child? Or what? Because she lives a pretty exciting life. And I don't know... <sighs> She has a she has a real tendency to get into bad relationships. There was the Alcazar one, apparently the one that she's yeah. Who would do of. that guy that's been divorced? Well, that's one. I'm never, just saying, everybody. How many how how many bad relationships can we throw on this table of the four of us in this? I know Zachary. I don't know you at all. So I don't, I'm assuming you're a person. So you've had a lot of bad relationships. <laughs> sure. I'm sorry. I know you're a person. Probably. I'm assuming you've had a lot of bad relationships. I'm yeah, assuming you're yeah, a person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whatever. I just uh, the I didn't mean to assume that you were the person. I'm sorry if you're like not yet, and you're so, like some kind of ghost or like a a robot or whatever. And I, I shouldn't do that. Sorry. Thank you. She wanted to be normal. She wanted two eyes. She thought she wanted that, and then she got it. And I mean, is he really even all that good of a surgeon? He mistakes his patience by unwrapping the one lady accidentally first. When they do the reveal. Yeah, this episode has a lot of real naked gun style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. Like the and box then, and like, like her pupil and... falling out. Yeah. Where he's <laughs> like, oh, we'll just sharpie that back on. That's it's one like, of my favorite parts of the episode. He just draws it's on. So, yeah. It's so gross. Because then it's that, it's that uh, animation thing, too, where there's that. In the editing on, uh, on any good animation comedy and Futurama has it in spades, that, you know, those little pauses, I, that just wh- how long do you hold it out? Like... Three three quarters of a second or whatever, it just like draws it on, and then she's smiling. And it's just commercial, you know. It's like it's perfect. I don't know. I I uh, I just didn't. It didn't sit well with me. I'm definitely much more in the fry camp of thinking she looked better before. Well, but yeah, then, that's the point of when the they, show. When they you're bring that up, the and then everyone. Yeah. Do you think the audience is like that? Yeah, because everybody else was just. You're not supposed to. When fall you watch an episode Adeline. of the Twilight Zone, you're not supposed to be like, oh, I wish those aliens would have won. Like you know. <laughs> At this point, is that still the case? What? I mean, now at this, like, if you went back, are and you trying watched, to say you're just giving up and you're like, you know what, the, the, yeah, the, the all the villains it. and all the, the TV shows and movies are right. Maybe, maybe North Korea has a point. Maybe, maybe we ought to, you know, look to them for our salvation. We could all become a race of Oompa Loompas. I like structure. <laughs> I like rules. Like sweet haircuts, <laughs> posters. Of I your don't face like decisions. 
That obviously. takes up a lot of time. I uh, yeah, I just read something about decisions today. It was it was sort of interesting. Um, I robot glasses store too easy of a joke. Yeah, it's a Futurama joke. I mean, they do a lot of uh, those also before you know. the movie was out, so it's a little bit of a deeper cut. Oh, that's before. true. Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, when did Asimov write that? Like in the seventies, maybe before that. I, I count anything that's a book as a deeper cut. Yeah. <laughs> and Futurama is chock full of the, you know, like here's, you know, this uh, sci-fi reference that, you know, sometimes they do the, here's the big movie that just came out. And sometimes they do that. And that yeah. they're, you know, they're, they're, they, they both have their merits for different reasons, but I do like when they do the deeper cut stuff when it's like, uh, uh, here's a, you know, a, 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 can you imagine how insufferable the message boards on the IRC channels were with Futurama? Like, before Wikipedia and the rest of the internet was around, like when you were catching references, like the person who understood the the Chopek Nine reference, yeah, John Kelman, but right, but he had Wikipedia to look it up. Like the guy in 1999 who was like, well, actually, like those guys, well, they're probably all dead now. But um, just wait, what time period are we talking about? Like, like in 1999, they're dead. I was in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that were claiming message board supremacy in 1999 yeah. for catching references that go that far back. That's what I'm getting at. Does that make sense? That they're dead or you're just talking about how insufferable those are? Uh... Both. Um, I don't know. You know what? I, 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 I have a, it, you know, it, uh, uh, fond memories of, of, like and, and they're fading. Remembering what it was like before information was at and our and they're gone. Who the memories? The memories. <laughs> uh, but just like you know, being like um, uh, an obsessive person, um, especially about like my my nerd stuff. I enjoy. Um, I remember when IMDb came out. I was in high school and like uh, it was it was a huge deal that and it didn't have all the information it has now. Was you know was the the the, the, the basic like uh, first you know model of it or whatever. But before that, like I was my IMDb, like just collecting, like every time I read uh, everything from you know the the shitty Plain Dealer Friday magazine to like all your Entertainment Weeklies or whatever. And like, Do you know, you, just, wait, you're saying that in the '90s, the Plain Dealer Friday magazine was shitty? Yeah, they had that column by Michael Ke- uh, Heaton at the beginning of he it. He was every the week. only thing I enjoyed reading. And to as be honest, teenager back then, that was still a viable source of information about what was actually happening. I can't remember her name. There was the the woman who did all the film reviews. Dear Abby, and uh, <laughs> uh, she was the just the worst. I just I, I I wish I could remember her name. Not that she would ever hear this, but I would like to express. I bet we could find it out. And if any of our listeners are aware of who Porchy's talking about, feel free to chime in and let That's us know. That's a long way to go when I have a phone here and you've got that thing. and Yeah, but this is pre-internet Tom's got dealer. his implant. You're going to get like as far as Connie Schultz and then that shit's just going to break down. No, I think I, I think it would be pretty easy to find. Like, yeah, um, she, she did it for like, like most uh, of my look, life. Was it Jane Scott? That no, Jesus. So this is the first time that I did not take notes because mm-hmm. I just didn't have time. I just watched the episode. Yeah. Uh, I really wish I did because I you would like tried to... to segue this back into <laughs> yeah. this episode. We are going way too far you off could, topic. Honestly, we're at the point, this is relaxed enough. You could go, would you guys shut up and get back? You know what I mean? Like, Zachariah, meet the jerk bags I, I work with. 
My second favorite joke was um, doing this jigsaw puzzle of a pacifier factory. It really makes me think of children. (laughs) (laughs) I would love to see the conception of that joke because it's really abstract. I'd like to see a picture of a pacifier factory. Like there, I mean, somewhere, somewhere there has to be. I just picture classical music going and then just like little babies. No, 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 no. The equipment's all the same. Somewhere I imagine that wherever they're making pacifiers, they're making like dildos and stuff too. It's all like extruding, you know, uh, bio-safe plastics into form. Like, Let it me has have to my be. fantasy of my own pacifier yeah. factory. Why don't you open your own pacifier factory? Because I don't have the... Uh, the startup money, startup money, or that song because I need that song in order for my factory to run. Kickstarter. Dun, 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 I want dun, Tom dun, wants dun, to dun. open a dildo-free pacifier factory. Let's make that dream happen. Um, I I like that Bender renamed all of his adopted children Bender Junior mm-hmm. as a an homage to George Foreman. I think naming mm-hmm. all of his children. Uh, George Foreman, which is, uh, it's a really a stroke of brilliance. And I don't know if George Foreman did it because he's, he's sharp enough to do it or he was just demented after getting pounded in the skull for decades. He's just, uh, what's that word when um, you're, you just think about yourself all the time? Narcissist? Yeah, narcissist. Rich? I assume he's like Gruden. All he can say is George Foreman. <laughs> <laughs> That's why his grill is called George Foreman Grill. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who was supposed to hawk the George Foreman grill initially? No. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Wait. Really? So it, George Foreman didn't actually invent he the George Foreman grill? No. I just pictured him in the basement, like, <laughs> it's hot metal. hammering things together. And it's honey, just like I did one this. giant grill, and he put the little slidey thing underneath it. <laughs> now honey, it's if, I, magic. if I lift this grill up, I can get the grease. What happened to Hulk Hogan? I guess he passed it up and then spent the rest of his life like, what did I do, brother? <laughs> Could have been me. I'm going to drown myself in my sorrows and my friend's wife after I make this racist tirade on video. Well, did that, that actually happened, Gawker. right? Gawker that, went out it was, of business. It, it, he didn't sue Gawker because he didn't say the things he supposedly said on the video. He got sued because he never gave them permission to... I believe that was Okay. It. I believe they stole something. I noticed at this point, when they were talking about Bender Burgers being cat meat, or at least insinuating that, um, the one girl had an ear on her forehead, which they call back to later on. Um, was the orphanarium still a mixed-use facility for, like, regulars... Uh, kids and mutants. It was an orphanarium. So just all takers. It just, yeah, somebody gave up their kid with an ear on top of its head. So do you think she was given up by mutants or was she a human baby who had mutated? Uh, well, at this mut- point, we don't know. So, I mean, what would you assume? I mean, like, mutants aren't could- allowed on on the surface of the earth. But, or she's, like, but she is a mutant, though, technically. Technic- right? I mean, there is... Another mutant, I think there's a mutant in the sewer that has like an ear like that or something. So technically, yes. And now I'm, it's just throwing a whole bunch of plot holes yeah, in there. Now it, and now yeah, I'm like, because that is an obvious mutant. It doesn't mutant. line up with the canon. I'm kind of like, oh. That's Shut this I, podcast down. That's what <laughs> I do. Pete finally won all the times that he's been nitpicking at this show. Like he finally. Yes. Uh, I have no argument against that. And she's a, 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 Pete, like here's a, your trophy. A oh, I'm going to talk. I'm going to. Call Sean Jondas to congratulate him on his child and and the uh, the fact that we both 
one something. I have to go back to work. I just got a text. I'm so sorry. Oh no! Oh, wow. Well, I'm sorry. I have to. I, mean, I have to recuse myself. But this has been a dream, and you guys will sew this up with a bow. Oh for sure. No. Oh yes, okay. for sure. Do you want to plug anything real quick? Before you go? Uh, I do Keep Talking, which is a storytelling show at the Happy Dog. It's not necessarily comedy, but usually there's some funny stuff in it. Uh, that is Happy Dog East. Uh, you can find us at Keep Talking CLE. Uh, this has been a real treat. Don't. Thank you so much. For, yeah, 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 yeah. And work. We, yeah, we all understand, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're very important, Zachariah. <laughs> we get it. Do you guys want to pause real quick? Yeah, yeah. Let, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, he's never going to work in this town again. <laughs> Uh, his podcasting days may be numbered. That was <laughs> you fun, walk though. out on our podcast. Yeah, I it, it was fun. I would gladly have Zachariah back on. So oh, absolutely. We'll try and figure that out. He's he, very important. He can be fast tracked to a repeat guest status. I'm just glad that I don't have a job that. Uh, but he has to come back and finish at, this podcast at, first. Uh, Ten o'clock at night, and I have to go back to or go to. We'll just we'll have him record his comments and send them in <laughs> So I the one thing to, or or uh, we could edit this episode. So that we take that part out, but then we just throw him going and like, yeah, that's great or whatever. I can just <laughs> take different out. words as, and we'll ask questions and we'll leave a blank and then I'll edit in him with saying other things and <laughs> right. edit it towards the end. And then it, he keeps referencing parts of the beginning <laughs> of this episode. Like the, uh, <laughs> at the end of it, I'm really glad to be here. Actually, you could say that at the end of it. All right. Sorry. I, I think the thing that made me laugh the hardest in this whole episode is where, uh, Leela talks about getting serious with Adelaide and, Zoidberg warns he's like, be careful. He's a doctor and they're very poor. <laughs> then the news gets broken to Zoidberg that most doctors are rich and he loses his shit. What does he say? When did that happen or something like, like that? So why didn't they tell me or when did that happen? Like it's just it's beautiful, like the misdirect. Like he's so out of touch with everything. And then it just becomes like a lot of uh I you know, from that point on. It's Bender and all of his kids. Ha, 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 ha. Like, some of that stuff just seemed kind of silly and easy. Um, I liked, I do like uh, when Leela was, like, walking. It was the whole, like, uh, pretty woman thing. And uh, she walked by the the blind guy on the street. And she just grabbed his hand. And felt her face. <laughs> yeah. well, and then mom's children show up in there, too. I, I So, like, Bender saying, Daddy's trying to score with a cheap floozy right yeah. now. Leave me alone. That was kind of blah. But then when they went to the Arboretum and there's a sign that says, yes, we have looking at trees. That was, I wrote that down. Yeah, that was, uh, that was beautiful. Have you ever been to an Arboretum? I've been to a botanical garden. Okay, I've been to botanical you mean tree gardens. Museums? I've never been to a I've uh, also uh, been to many places in the world that have trees. Yeah. I, I Trees down. <laughs> <laughs> what happens when you say trees up? Maybe we could take you. To an arboretum and just walk you through it with you saying that, <laughs> and then videotape it as bonus content. I feel like that's what you would do when I get fired from the podcast. I like drive into into some wooded area and then just like, okay, let's get out and stretch our legs, and then you guys drive away. I so I think the real. I mean, this is what really bummed me out about the whole thing is that I just feel like once again Lilo was settling where Adelaide's like you're nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine in a million. Like where. I, I don't know. I don't. You know what? I'm not sure what I think about that. Zachariah, what do you think about that? Tom, edit him saying, Horchie, you're really cool. <laughs> okay. 
Torture you, really? But that, <laughs> that, that leads into the dinner scene at Elzar's. Now, you know what was remarkable about that? Everyone was dressed up. And I think that's the first time that they've gone there that they haven't all been in their regular outfits. No, I think. Are you sure? I mean, I might be thinking of a later episode, but I think uh, at this point um, they've been because they've had a few like fancy dinners. Remember when uh, it might have been Elzar's other restaurant, not necessarily. No, I think it was the same one. The same one. I think yeah. it was. But I, but remember um, when somebody was celebrating something, or, or Fry was like, "Yeah," and then they ended up having when Elzar invited them and then they had to pay for their own meal. They all dressed up. I'm pretty sure everybody had like nice. That was, you know, we haven't got to that. That's the, we did that that one. Yeah. But this is, this is the point where uh, weasel, he puts the mints on the thing and then they pull them off. They get the check. But Fry Lila gets does, blinded, uh, and then that. they invite him. Yeah. Whoa, she gets uh, two eyes in this episode. She and they dressed up zero. in the one where she was blinded. Mm-hmm. Do Do you? I only took down one line when Fry does his explanation of why everyone is not normal. But my favorite was that Zoidberg smells like he eats garbage, and he yep. does. But what were what were the other ones? Did the you weird catch monster those? who smells? No, that's the only one. Um, uh, I wrote down. It was, was like so, the professor was like a crotchy, crotchy, amoral, old, amoral something, and then uh, he's a Rastafarian bureaucrat or something. Or telling me banana, right. no, yeah, <laughs> it was Rastafari, and then telling me banana, which was like that was that was good. <laughs> and then Amy uh, is a klutz from Mars. And yeah. my favorite, and I, I mentioned earlier, my second favorite fry line in this episode. My favorite was and fry. You've got that brain thing. I already did. <laughs> oh, see, that's gorgeous. I didn't even catch that. That was I, like the best. That's like my favorite line, I think, in the entire. No, my favorite one is that smells like he eats garbage, and he does. Yeah, because it's just belaboring that point of like what a gross monster he is, and yet he's still so lovable. Um, Bender dining and ditching with all of his kids and Elzars, like I, I mean. That seems totally in character. It was but just the one, kind of the obvious. one kid's like, I have to go poop. <laughs> so like, you should have thought about I, that. Before. Is that how do I flush you? <laughs> no, that was earlier when he yeah. had the kid in there, and then the kid. Oh no! Yeah, after they wait, it's and then later. Fry flushed himself, or Fry Bender flushed himself with his uh, antenna, and then. Uh, but that was the, where they were like, "You should have thought up before we were going to dine and dash or whatever he or skip on the check or whatever he said." Did you notice that Fry and Bender have a giant wire spool table? <laughs> Is that still a thing? Huh? No, I used to, uh, my uh, parents, uh, when I was growing up in our basement, we had one of those. Huh? Like, like the giant wooden wire spools that they use for, like, telephone cables. Oh, those. That yeah. was yeah. Fry and Bender's yeah, that was, table. That's, yeah, I know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of those. I would I, actually, I still see them. I would like to have one of those. I, yeah. Yeah, those are neat. Um, And then, and then in the this, background, this podcast just is like pro giant wire of, spools. I, I don't know. I think the at the point too easy. It, either like it became a Jeff Foxworthy joke at some point, mm-hmm. and I just kind of tuned it out after that. If your that. table is a wire spool and it's got a TV that doesn't work on top of it, I don't know. You don't might know. be no, in you... Tom's basement when he was growing up. Is we did have a TV to on home? top of a TV that didn't work. There you go. It's perfect. What if you had a TV on top of a TV that didn't work on top of a wire spool? You probably need a pretty high. Scale. Why would you put it up there? Why would you put the wire spool on then, top of it? Then you could, you'd have a wider view. You wouldn't get obstructed by other things in front of it. Wait, does it go TV wire spool TV or no? TV, it goes TV, wire, wire spool, spool 
Broken TV. Oh. TV. Going okay. from bottom to top. Okay. Just a thought. I'm getting ready to get new furniture, and I'm trying to think of like how I want to do that. If I should start looking, Ikea's at got a TV. new line. I would do that. Spool. I, <laughs> tables. I would. I would do that with the wire. Spool. I easily put together in 38 steps. Look, look, Ikea is basically one step up from a wire spool, but I, I would be lying if I said that isn't where we're looking at getting our new furniture from, because the aforementioned cats make it so we can't have anything nice ever. Yeah, that's what cats do. They're the worst. Yeah, horrible. Uh, just like um, kids. Do you think times times a thousand? So Bender was trying to sell the kids to a Chinese restaurant because he realizes that he's actually going in the hole rather than making money off of it. Yeah, because he's getting a hundred bucks a kid, and they're costing him a hundred and ten. But this is this is the thing. Like, why wouldn't he take advantage of something like (laughs) Sam's Club or Costco? Because really, the the point is, when you have an operation, that sounds way too much work for. For Bender to doesn't to he like saving money that. when you buy things in volume and take advantage of economies of scale? No, he just like quick money. He thought it was yeah. a get quick rich scheme, and it didn't work out. Well, where did all the bunk well, beds I'm, come from? I, I'm good, I'm definitely gonna get rich with this uh, scheme and quick. <laughs> it's just, um, I it's just I don't know. At this part, it all kind of fell apart. Like I'm glad it all got back to normal, and that Leela was upset that Adelaide wanted. He would only adopt the girl with the ear on her head if yeah. he, um, if she let him do surgery on her to remove it and make take away what makes her special, mm-hmm. which I think is a good lesson. I mean, out of going back to your original assertion that most of these episodes had lessons that hasn't been brought up in several episodes, I think this one did because there's so many that didn't that I, I just you, when I think about Futurama, I remember episodes like this or some of the you know the the bigger ones, and it's like oh yeah, uh, maybe it's one out of ten that are worth mentioning. So yeah, I just kind of gave up on that. Uh, you know what I just realized is the saddest thing about this episode What is like, she, the little girl didn't know it, but we as an audience, you know, that little girl almost got adopted, but she didn't like, just, who cares? Yeah, what See happened later, to them? You know? <laughs> they like, just are back in the orphanarium. Yeah. But didn't the orphanarium get an upgrade because it's now the Bender B Rodriguez. Because orphanarium? He had to pay the $1,200 back from what he got. So that's $1,200 the orphanarium didn't have because I thought the money was coming from the government. And I bet that sign to rechange the name of it cost (laughs) $1,199. That may be so. Um, They, they, I don't know. I also, um, I mean, it was funny and everything, but I I don't know why, but there were moments when um, with the, like Bender's like mistreatment of the kids where I was just like, I was like, oh, like, it's basically, it's like, no, it's, I mean, basically it's, just the bad news bears, though. No, really. I know, I know, and it was funny, but like, it, I, there was this part of me that like uh, wasn't thinking about it as this silly cartoon, and I was just like, kids need food; you have to take care of them. And then, uh, oh yeah, I know, well, I know. I'm just saying, like, I was actually, you know, I was I was getting too emotionally invested in like their actual of these fictional cartoon characters' well being, and then, um, oh fuck, I forgot what I was gonna say. Uh, something about later. Where oh when then when the cops came and they're like, <laughs> like they start naming the charges when they're arresting him and they're like uh, this and this uh, child endangerment uh, mis mis uh, information giving about uh, livestock weight or whatever what's oh like, yeah yeah uh, because he was lying about how much the kids yeah. weighed to the Chinese restaurant yeah. oh <laughs> where it went to like because I had this moment where I'm like I'm like oh 
well, I guess he's getting busted for, you know, that uh, child endangerment, which kind of made me feel bad. And then they put that through that joke and I was like, oh, that's right. It's a cartoon and it's hilarious. Like, you know, it's, settle it, down. I mean, I guess that kind of ended strong. You know what uh, really got me worked up at the very end? Uh, looking at my notes. Nope. When he pulled the... There goes my kitchen cabinets. Tom's got it. When he pulled the picture that they gave him back out and put it on his... He opened up his... Uh, Chest. No, Magical had, chest cavity. How, how many with... hours did we spend talking about magnets near his head? What? I'm talking about just the feeling that he. No, stuck I'm it talking back about out. the magnet. Oh, I'm talking oh, about how nice it was. That's why I thought you brought it up because I thought no, you were that's gonna... why he's bringing it up. Yeah, but I'm sure. talking about because he just. Oh, I was secretly. I, I turned into a big mush pile. Yeah, yeah. Is I was it like, the oh. top of his magical chest cavity door though? No, what's we, we, the proximity? We, about this. we of already his head. did this. I don't know. There's one where it, they got it wrong. Absolutely. You, we got there, and you pointed it out. I think there's more you than were, one. You were right so far. Inconsistent world building. It could be that the said magnet is nowhere near his inhibition unit. In Bending in the Wind, which we haven't got to yet, he's able to pick up a magnet, but it doesn't affect him until he puts it on his head. Is that the goddamn infosphere? Yes. Whatever. Also, that's, that, they, Pete, that's one of those nerds you're talking about that... Uh, those insufferable people. From that says life. it. Uh, this episode was nominated for an award for from positive the 90s portrayal when being of insufferable the was currency handicap. It was like, awarded like, the, like or, the blind guy who made fun of other people. No, that it it was okay to be different. It is okay to be different. We can be found at slurmcast.com. Uh, com. Slurmcast. Slurmcast.com. Wait, before we jump into the plugs, the one last thing that I got out of the credits, Tom Tom Kenny was a voice on this. He was... uh, Yeah, yeah. Adelaide. I think he played Adelaide, but uh, it's always nice to see him show up. I like that when sometimes when he shows up, he just does like a real small character, maybe one scene, you know, just does a great voice, and that was cool to see him as Adelaide. Just drops in. And now that you say that, I'm like, oh... He sounds like a bunch of different characters. Adelaide sounds like a bunch of different characters on uh, SpongeBob that just have like regular voices. So that's yeah, that's pretty. Uh, oh. you, and you know what? Um, just as an aside, I just listened to um, an episode of I Think You're Interesting, which is a podcast by Todd Vanderwerf, and he had Phil Lamar on it. Uh, former guest oh, Martin Schneider. Rec- former guest Martin Schneider uh, recommended that to us on Twitter. It was actually a really great okay, episode. That's right. Um, they mo- they mostly okay. talked about Samurai Jack, but they did get into a lot of Phil's career and um, and also just I piece. didn't know Phil Lamar did Samurai Jack. Yeah, he was also Marvin in Pulp Fiction, among a whole number of other things. Um, so anyway, as, as I was saying, um, we can be found at slurmcast.com. We yeah, uh, that's true. Can be emailed at slurmcastpod at gmail We're on Twitter and Instagram at slurmcastpod. We're on mm-hmm. Facebook. Uh, you can call us at 216-438-1077. We can also receive text messages on that number. He's right. Um, what else? Is that, is that, that all checks all out? That all we, checks We'll out. be uh, putting out information very soon about our new T-shirts. Uh, store. Store. We have a T-shirt store that's going to be coming out. Uh, we'll, we'll have that information up shortly. Which, also, if you're a... Artist or a designer, you might be in our or store. a T-shirt, you uh, might be able to uh, get some designs in our store, or you know, be a yeah. T-shirt in our uh, store. Drop, drop us a line. We always enjoy hearing from people. Review us in iTunes. Um, 
And just as a, a quick shout out to uh, one of our fans, emailed us a very long explanation about why the professor inventing the thing longer in real life um, didn't mean that everything that happened in Anthology of Interest One came true. I didn't really understand it, but we appreciate you. Oh, for, I uh, didn't read it. I'll, I'll read it. Um, so I, I was going to ask you, well, you know, we'll talk about it next time because I'm, yeah, I'm going to read it and ask you about it. Uh, it'll get confusing. Um, more so because you and I try and explain it. Also, uh, it'll be confusing because everything I read is confusing. For sure. And remember, this podcast is better than normal. It's abnormal. That's right. Igner oh, yeah, and that's Walter right. and, and the other one whose name Which, we can remember. Oh, fuck. Should we take a minute and talk about what happened to us when we were shamed a few days ago, Tom? What do you uh, mean? Is this, is this, or, or can, no. I, can we just mention it real quick? Or it, It's fine if you don't want. I'm sorry to uh, like, yeah, interrupt like this. I think the, it was the podcast that I think just came out or is coming out now. We were talking about going to uh, Futurama Trivia. And let's just say Slurm you didn't come in first. Did not come in first. You didn't come in second. I wasn't there, so I take no responsibility. I just scolded them remotely. But we had remotely. previous guests. Uh, we had previous guest Sean Burns on our team, and then also at our table, previous guest uh, Michelle. I don't think she used her last name on the Burling show. Game. Burling no, Game. No, but did yeah, she? she say did. Her last name? Okay. Um, and uh, uh, my sister and. Uh, her boyfriend Trevor, who were no help, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they were on their own team. No, they were on Michelle's team. Right, but I mean, we were yeah, on. Yeah, it was you, me, and you come Sean in, Guys, did you come in third? No. We did, not. did you come in fourth? We did not. Uh, a previous guest, uh, George think, Dunn, was at, on a team behind us, and he got about, his team got did as well as we did. They, uh, they, uh, I was told they got about um, four questions wrong, and we got about four questions wrong. We so. got... We got about four questions yep, wrong. About four. About questions. four questions a, wrong. You know, <laughs> with a, a margin of error. We did not represent R- roughly four four questions wrong, and there's a margin of error of one question. <laughs> I I don't know if this will happen. There might be an episode out where we go through the questions at some point and tell you which ones we got wrong and stuff. We'll we'll we'll, we'll figure see. it Maybe out. Maybe it'll happen.